On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we discuss how Chris is one of the best DraftKings players in the world. Bonkers. We talk about the upcoming Netflix series, who's missing, who's on board, and how great it's going to be. And we throw it over to Chris for an intriguing topic surrounding innovation in golf. As ever, this show is brought to you by me, Ben Fowlis. Me, Tim Williams. And myself, Chris Wright. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to us, and welcome back to another episode of me and the boys. Uh, first off, before we do get into it, Spotify have just updated their, uh, we'll go with system, um, and they now allow reviews. So please do us a favor if you're listening to Spotify, head over there and, uh, and whack a five-star review for the boys. It does help us out more than you would be led to believe. Now, on with today's show, we've got, as always, quite a bit to get through. And because we're a golf podcast, let's start off with possibly a swing and a whiff. Has any golf been played from us three this past week? No, I've not played a round. I've been at the driving range, yes. Okay, we have. I was saying that from a perspective of I've had my head firmly up my ass this past week. I have no idea what's been going on in the life of both of you. <laughs> um, Chris, talk to us. We'll come to you first. How's practice been, buddy? Uh, practice has been good. Last week, we had the the sort of disaster that was out on the course. Again, going straight from lesson to course, just I'd never feel is the right thing to do. Uh, this week at the range has been good. Yeah, like has been genuinely quite quite pleasing. Been hitting the ball really nicely. Um, just focusing on the uh, the two drills that I've got from uh, from my coach. And yeah, I'm I'm delighted with how it's with how it's coming together. I'm kind of you know when you you kind of so I'm doing the drills and th- through doing the drills I've kind of picked up my own kind of feel like and my own kind of swing thought as I'm doing it. And I keep going, yep, this is working, this is working, this is working. And I'm kind of like, will this work next time I come to the range? Or is this just like a today thing and I'm going to turn up and this is all going to go shit again in two weeks' time? But I feel fairly confident that it's 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 improving. Is this something that a swing thought that you will definitely remember? Or is this something yeah, that yeah, you have yeah, to write down? You, you know how I like to keep, keep things super simple. So yeah, it, it, is, it is super, super simple, yes. Yeah, I, I have to, whenever I go to a range, even the feeling, if I get a feeling right, I'm like, right, I've got to write that down because there's not a chance that I'm going to remember that oh, the next time. I, I see what you mean. I've, I've definitely written it down in my note section, yes, because it's just like, yeah. it just helps reinforce it. And then I'll come back next time and go, right, what's the feeling? What's the thing I'm focusing on? Yeah. <laughs> if I were to go into my notes now, I've just got like a whole page long of like 50 different points, yeah. 50 different <laughs> feels to try. And you're like, well, pick one. Never, <laughs> never fitted all those. Never fitted all those in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tim, any golf? Any practice? Uh, I, no no on-course action for me. Um, I did get down to the range once. Uh, I got down to the range on Saturday, sort of early evening time. Um, mainly because I hadn't actually hit a golf ball for 14 days at that point. And I just thought I just need to, I just need to sort of, eat as much for my own sort of, it sounds weird my own kind of personal time um for me mm-hmm. like going to the driving range is almost as much about kind of <laughs> i suppose just having some me time or kind of I, I i quite often do it on a friday after work to kind of like close the week off with work kind of go into the weekend or during the week during the week actually i use sometimes use it just as a little bit kind of a, a stress buster until the range goes shit and then it just exacerbates the rage obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um 
so this particular one, um, I was actually just, I actually, I, I didn't do loads. I, I, I took the, did the 50, took the 50 balls and just practiced, to be honest, kind of pitching and wedges. Cause I kind of thought, you know, 14 days away, um, just, just kind of come back in with some really focused practice. Don't kind of do the classic thing you'd normally do of like, having not hit a golf ball for two weeks of like, hit some practice shots, then try and whack the driver out straight from the on-go. So um, a lot of it was sort of pitches to sort of um, about 45 yards, just because I say 45 sounds incredibly specific. That's just the distance to where the, the practice green is at the range. So a lot of sort of uh, practicing wedges to 45 yards, then approach play to about 100 yards sort of online, just really, really, really focused practice. Um, wouldn't say it was all completely satisfying. There was some heavy stuff in there in terms of like heavy ball striking. Um, I'm not even going to go into the realms of self-diagnosis because to be honest, I, there's no point after <laughs> a few weeks off and probably just going to have a few more sessions before I kind of really judge it. But it was interesting as much as anything, like I said, like I said at the beginning, for me, it was actually just about as antisocial as it sounds, kind of almost sort of switching off from the world a little bit, just getting 50 balls down mm. at the range and actually just really enjoying kind of turning your phone off, um, managed to get a bay, which is quite far away from everybody else. I mean, actually, I mean, I went down at something like, I think I was there at 5.30 on Saturday, or 6 on a Saturday evening. And that seems to be a pretty good time to go to the range near me because it was very, very quiet. I think there were about five other guys down the range. Um so actually, as much as anything, it was, yeah, it was actually just more, just a bit of a relaxation thing for me rather than really, really grinding. Um, and it's interesting because I think sometimes you can overlook that side of it. I think when you're practicing, uh, we get so wrapped up in trying to really aggressively work at something or you're trying to, you have that thought of going to the range and it's like, I want to hit every shot perfectly, despite the fact I'm an 18 handicapper. But actually sometimes... Some of the reasons I really enjoy playing this game is just to do with the kind of, um, and not to get too zen on things here, but actually just to get on the kind of like the therapeutic and the kind of the, it's a skill that you're always working at. And I actually find that quite therapeutic and quite relaxing a lot of the time. Um, I don't mm. know if you boys feel that, but I think, yeah, it was just, it was just like a, <laughs> not, not a spiritual range, but one I just used for kind of like, just relaxing and just switching off this week. It was interesting. I can imagine that was probably one of your best rain sessions from this past year, because you know what it's like when you head out for a round of golf, you don't put any pressure on it. You just go out to enjoy it and you end up shooting phenomenally well, just because you're so relaxed. Everything just is smooth. You're not tense. You're not locked up. Um, you don't kind of think too much about the swing. You let it happen naturally. So I can imagine that rain session was probably a pretty good one. It was quite nice. And I think what I'm trying to do sort of more and more this year is to, is to do more sessions like that, which are really kind of not sh not necessarily short and sharp, but kind of 50 balls and a really like maybe literally one or two types of shots is all I'm practicing. Um, mm. I want to do more of that. Because um, ultimately I think you can go to driving range and you, you can hit driver, but I think a lot of a lot of on course confidence will come from shots which you step up to, and you can if you've got the ability to see yourself. I practice this so much at the range that it just becomes almost like automatic, and that's kind of something I want to try try out doing. Um, and actually, when it comes to, to rounds, I think just because the weather has been so bobbins recently, and like my last two rounds out of the course has just been so soggy and wet and just claggy that actually I'm kind of putting a bit of a pin in you know, 
going after rounds for the next few weeks because to be honest, I'd rather just actually practice and not just traipse around incredibly wet, soggy golf courses when you're kind of, you're sort of, you're caked in mud after like three holes. So um, yeah, I think that's how I'm approaching the next few weeks. But again, just, um, yeah, just a nice, I mean, there's, there's a lot of life admin I've got to do at the moment. So it was a nice switch off for an hour or so. Nice work. Um, very little, by the way, of update in terms of actual practice from me. The last time I hit a golf ball was now 28th, 29th of December. So it's been 20 days. It's the longest I've gone without hitting a golf ball for a very long time. Part self, uh, I guess self-inflicted injury. Uh, and then also because, as you can imagine, being back in the gym, um, January is quite a busy time for us. So uh, trying to steal a spare hour here and there has been, has been quite tough. Um, but... As you can probably imagine, with the new toy at home, um, I've hit an absolute ton of putts. Um, <laughs> so the putting seems to be going quite well. I love the feel of the new putter. Obviously, head cover. Had some heat about that uh, over the past week. <laughs> <laughs> there, were some, there were some shocked individuals around how much you'd spent on a head cover, sure. Yeah, that's a thing of beauty. It's full work of art, mate. Um, but something that exciting has come up this past week. So my coach... Uh, it, I can't remember whether it was you or, or whether it was a, another friend of ours spoke to me about the process which Z- uh, Will Zalatoris uses um, when, when determining his aim point um, dependent on clubs. He gives himself a, a margin for error of if he's got a 170-yard shot, he knows on average he has a, a nine-yard dispersion, say. Um, and then he will then pick his target line according to that to say if, if the green is running alongside right-hand side is all water. Pin is tucked quite tightly on. Okay, he will aim a little bit further left than a lot of other tour pros because he knows on average he's going to miss potentially either side of his target by four and a half yards. Just as an example, a friend of mine, he clearly not every you two because you're looking at me like I'm talking I've, I've got no idea um, about no, this is new. Yeah. So a friend of mine explained that to me. Um, he's a very, very good golfer. He's played with a lot of good, good uh, players. Um, and he kind of explained to me, I was like, actually, I really like that as a concept. Um, and, well, I had a message um, in this past week from my coach, who is devising not his own method of this, but he's starting to bring it into play because um, he's done a load more reading with it. He's seen people that have had success with it. And he wondered kind of at what level can he coach that in? Can he coach someone of a 12 handicap like myself with it? And as you well know, I'm, I'm quite open to experimenting. So uh, in the next few weeks, hopefully, I'm going to get down on a Wednesday, go and play a round of golf with him, and then we can start working on that concept. Wait, uh, wait, wait, because... wait. Um, wait, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Go. Rewind a second. So Will Zalatoris knows... I believe it's Zalatoris. He knows his so... dispersion percentage, i.e. hits a 7-iron, he knows he's likely... He has a miss up to... 20 you know 10 yards right 10 yards left or whatever is that yeah yeah? and what you're saying is is that how do you apply that to a 12 handicapper so that they hit more more accurate shots like well i don't quite understand how we're applying this so you don't then start bombing it out of bounds putting it into water so the idea is that if you've got water running all the way up the right hand side you where do you need to aim to adjust for your bad shots to give you that um, 
margin of error. Right. So you're, you're so say if I'm so if you're on the range and we we're track you know we're, we're using Trackman or whatever and we're saying Chris, your classic miss is with each club is let's just say seven iron. Your classic miss is fifteen yards right. Right. So mm-hmm. now whenever I'm on the course and I'm hitting my seven iron, I know look actually aim aim fifty. If there's water on the right hand side of the pin, aim five to 10 yards left of the pin to give yourself plenty of room just in case it does go 15 yards right you're still actually on the green correct got you okay so it's 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 a way of the idea is obviously for the pros it's significantly different to what i'm interpreting it will be for me Uh, and this is what me and jamie i've said i'm I'm more than happy to experiment on this it's just going to mean me hitting hundreds of golf balls i have no problem with that at all um And just basically getting my dispersions. And then he can then start devising a plan of, right, how does that work for your average golfer? He has, you know, the manual on how to do it with pros, but they're obviously hitting a lot smaller dispersions. Can that then be replicated with us as, as amateurs? So basically, it, it's a way to hopefully come close to preventing um, the doubles and the triple bogeys. Because if you can start doing that more often, you stop losing balls, you know, you're going to naturally shoot better scores. Uh, and then your good days hopefully you're not losing any so yeah it's an exciting concept i don't know whether i've done it justice in terms of how i've explained it but it's uh it's another one of my, my experiments i think, I think what you're taking is the it's quite a usual concept right we all we all know okay especially on the t we do this right i know my if my bad shot is a hook i know i'm aiming up the right hand side of the fairway <laughs> yeah. because yeah. You know, I'm there going, okay, I know if I, even if I do hook it, I'm then less in the trees than I was before. But I guess you're adding numbers to this and saying, actually, Chris, your hook is, you know, your hook is, you know, is likely to go X distance. I then actually don't necessarily have to aim quite so aggressively to the right, just in case I do hit that one freak straight shot that just sails off into the trees on the right hand side. Um, yeah, you're just applying actual numbers to what we just do probably well we'd like to think we do quite naturally but just a bit of a guesswork behind it yeah exactly exactly and then like because when he said that it was like look we'll start on the course i've never had an on-course lesson before um i'm unsure about how i feel about on-course lessons why um sorry to interject why i don't know i think i'd always thought of it as a lesson for me was all about ingraining in technique um whereas this lesson he, we've already spoken about it. Like, uh, what lets me down is often is, is my decision making the majority of the time. Um, so, because of that, this now would now be uh, oh, sorry, sorry, oh. now be a benefit because oh. it's more of a, a strategy lesson when you're on the course. Yeah. So, so you're saying your issue is decision making. Yeah. And up until now, you've been against having an on-course lesson. Yeah. And now, well, no, no, not not necessarily up until now. I just don't know how I would feel about it. An efficient use of an hour with me and Jamie is a bit different. You know, we're just going out to play a round of golf and we will be there for four and a half hours. So it would be great. But if I were to pay for a lesson, I don't know how much you'd get done because that's only a, a few holes really, isn't it? I don't know. Each pro is going to be different. But if you're going and there's a few people about, you can't necessarily drop two balls, start retaking shots, you know. Whereas if you're at the range, you're having a standard lesson that we've all we've all typically had. You're working on technique. Yeah, see, I, yeah I, but I'm going to kind of disagree with you on this one because just to play 
well, I said play devil's advocate. It's not playing devil's advocate if I kind of disagree with what you're saying. Um, but I would say that when you when you've got a lesson at the range, other than wanting to, and other than the pressure to bed in the technique, really you're just blitzing balls, right? So there's not you've you've not got on course pressure. Whereas if you're on the course playing a round and it's a lesson in a round, you've actually got someone or following you who's who met who, who's basically like a professional caddy that might give you a completely different way to think your way around the course to mm. practice under the pressure it's live practice you're on a round you're on a course and you're you'll be playing it like a round personally i would put as much value in on course lesson if not more Oh no! This no this this one that I'm going for because I know I get him for a full round of golf. It's way more valuable. No, than no, I, I no. It, yeah, but Tim, it just uh, if, if 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 it were to be an hour, I kind of feel like the time cap. No, I disagree. I'm, if you can't retake shots, I don't know how many shots you can actually. It's not, I don't think get an insight. It's not about it's not about the shot though, right? So, I think I'm with Tim on this. I think there's a difference. Let, let's say the three of us are going out for a round, and on the first tee, Ben, I say to you what are you thinking you're going to do here? And you tell us and go, okay, fine. We don't question it. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. You tell that to your coach and he goes, actually, where does that leave you if you hit a bad shot? And you're like, over here. And they start talking through your what you're saying, the decision-making. I think in three holes, if someone's questioning and you're having to come up with, right, what's the right answer? What am I looking to do on every decision? I think that's actually quite a few number of reps in terms of your um, routine, your strategy, your etc., it's not it's not about reps in terms of ball striking at that point. It's about it's a different it's a different type of lesson for sure. It's a different type of value that oh, you're yeah. getting out of it, is what I'm saying. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, th- no, I, I think I'm okay I, with I... an on course lesson for an hour, paid for. For Fair sure. Enough. Well, there's only one way to. Solve this. We're all just going to get a driving range lesson, and we're all going to have to get an on-course lesson. Sure. More lessons. <laughs> yes. It's the only way to settle this, really. Yes, please. I am so sign me up. Count me in for those. So no, that's hopefully happening in the next next few weeks. So um, part of an experiment, but I'm really excited. Excited to see the difference. I mean, I will be able to give immediate feedback because I've had plenty of golf lessons. Not that the golf swing currently shows it, but uh, <laughs> get a, immediately feedback what an on-course lesson looks like. Right, chaps. The return of DraftKings. Um, one of us had an absolutely stonking week. The other two of us, not quite so much, although it was very, very close. Um, and one, uh, actually, we're going to come to that in a bit, but was in a separate paid event. Um, and we'll, we will come on to that. Sorry, I'm just going to give it to Chris. We'll, we'll give it to you for the first week of the year. Do you want to take it away, buddy? What a DraftKings, then I? What a great... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was delighted with my squads before for a halftime team talk. They uh, they went out, they performed well. What do you want me to do? do? You want me to go through my team? Like, what do you want me to do here? Uh, I mean, yeah, go through your team. Just just as as you get your team up, just for a bit of insight. So Chris actually came top of everyone. Didn't just beat us. He he won the. The Sunday Red League. Uh, the, the, the Sunday Red um, comp. Uh, bear in mind, he scored 620 points. I was in ninth place with 451. <laughs> just uh, 160-whatever behind. And Tim was in 10th. So ninth and 10th for me and Tim. 
Tim was 448.5. So Chris absolutely pulled our pants down on the uh, on Yeah, the I, I'm going to level with you after, because it's in Hawaii. I wasn't actually watching a lot of the golf live. I was just getting up in the morning, watching some of the highlights. And I, I woke up on day one, opened up the DraftKings and was like, oh, shit. Okay, squad's on here. Okay, <laughs> teams did all right. And then went and watched the highlights and was like, okay, like, this is excellent. And then I was like, you know, I'm getting a nosebleed being this high up the leaderboard. This will all go to, to pot soon. Um, well, I'll go through the team I had. had Corey Connors, Russell Henley, who came <coughs> back in. Uh, McNeely, uh, Power, who, by the way, has just entered the top 50. Would he, question, he's... Irish, right? She- yeah. Seamus Power, he's Irish. Would yeah, he no. would he qualify for the Ryder Cup if he keeps going at this rate? Because he's just he's one one position below Lowry at the moment, outside in in the top fifty. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know if he was going like he is. Like that's that's an interesting topic. I mean, the way the Europeans are ranked at the moment, that's probably enough yeah. for like a second round pick going by <laughs> yeah. like how, how well we're playing at the moment. For sure. Uh, then Ken Davis and my only the only player that I was like question marks after day one was McCarthy, who was my uh, seven thousand four hundred pick, who was on plus one after day one. I thought, ah, oh, it's all right. I'll, if I get five players through, that's fine. Well, he went and hit six under on day two and made it through to the cut. So I was like, excellent, well done from you, loving that. So yeah, all in all, one Sunday red event, which was great. Shall I, shall I bring up the other event? Uh, yeah, because I. I had it written down and close of play Friday, you were sat to win $400, I believe. And uh, you then went quiet on us and I got no idea how that finished up. Yeah, so so, so randomly, and I'm not entirely, so the DraftKings app, I'll, I'll live with you, it can, it can be a bit confusing. I don't know if you guys have got this. Like, It's not the simplest app to, app, to, app to navigate. And I got this notification that said, oh, you've earned a ticket. And it turns out I've got like a ticket, I've got like three or four tickets, which are like, enter a 25 cent competition enter a i think one of them's for like 75p contest i'm like okay and then all of a sudden i was like looking at my chickens like you've got a ticket to enter a 20 dollar contest and i was like oh okay i don't, don't know where this has come from or why this has happened but okay so i was like screw it let's let's enter this let's enter a team into a 20 dollar contest so you go through the, the the public contests and find one that was 20 dollars, and you can use this magic ticket wherever it came from um to enter so I enter this $20 contest. There's, um, I think there's 900 or something along those lines, people that have entered. And I just, again, woke up on Friday and was like, oh, okay, squad's doing all right. Friday night, yeah, as you said, I was on to win like 400 quid. Saturday night, like, so woke up on Sunday morning, I was in second. Second oh, would, would have won me a grand. And I was like, Oh my god! You know, you like I started getting really excited. I was like, I've paid <laughs> zero pounds to enter this contest, and I'm currently in second. And the if I get second place, it's a grand. So you already, like, you already started doing some shopping, didn't you? Well, you I'm already like some okay, new clubs. So what can I buy? That's like I've swag putter covers. That and then that's my budget gone. Um, so I was like, okay, what what what's going on? So Sunday night, I was a bit more excited. Started paying a bit more attention, and then Monday morning woke up and. My team hadn't let me down. It's just that other people that like Russell Henley coming in second was a bit of a killer. Um, and then, and just a couple of other players just performed better. I ended up in 10th overall, uh, which still won me $200. So absolutely delighted with, wow. with my weekend. But what, what makes me laugh is the level of money goes from 
it's quite funny. Like you're in, so tenth is two hundred dollars, seventh two fifty. Like it goes up quite slowly. Three hundred for sixth, fifth starts getting a bit interesting at four at four hundred, and then it literally goes second a grand, first fifteen hundred. Like the jump to first, second, third is just like nuts. I was like, okay, so you really want to be in those in those top top three, don't you? But yeah, can't can't complain. Two hundred dollars richer for for this weekend. What? So. I've got, how long have we got left of the season? Because I don't win any money for the rest of the season. So that's probably set me up for my DraftKings for for us three. <laughs> but yeah, you, I mean, set you up for the next two years. You can come bottom every week and still still get a game. The uh, go back to how, how many people entered that competition? So I think it was not. Can you? Is there a way that you can? Oh, eight hundred eighty-two. Christ! So to come tenth, I think that's that's a pretty good pat on the back. That gives an insight as to me and Tim weren't that shit. Chris was just that good yeah, on no. the week, so they would so have been. I was, so I was. So yeah, I had six hundred and twenty <clears throat> points. First place had six hundred and forty-seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, so it was when, when Ben says we weren't that shit. I mean, I came. I mean, for all intents and purposes, probably bottom really of our league, and my six players were a combined thirty-eight under, and that was only good enough yeah. for last place. So just to yeah. measure how well Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it, wait, put it this way: I was. One point extra would have won me an extra fifty dollars. One point extra. Oh, no. oh, so it does well, get quite. Good. That's that's oh. that's a that's a Henley win versus yeah, that is a Henley win. If he'd have made the part on eighteen, that's it. You you actually would have been significantly higher. Wait, yeah, but wait, put it I this think. way: well, if you had top ten, the top ten players in the most of the teams are very very similar. They've all got sort of four or five of the same players within it. It's like one player that's different. So, for instance, the player in first, six hundred forty-seven fifty. Player in second, five hundred dollars poor. Well, not poor. Five hundred dollars worse off, six hundred forty-six fifty. So he was one point off, an extra five hundred. Oh Christ! Can you imagine? Yikes. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd still be pretty happy to be walking away with a grand playing fantasy golf, but. Uh... Yeah, devastating. It feels even better because this is that's a tournament that I would just never enter. Like I'm not putting. To, I, I know my. Limits, <laughs> yeah. I know my limits at DraftKings. Twenty quid is more than I'm like capable of actually entering that kind of standard of of table. So, uh, yeah, to to be two hundred dollars richer and having not put anything in it feels like a win. And now I'm going to use my twenty five cent tickets that I've got here. So I know twenty five cent probably won't be the same kind of numbers, but hey, right. free swing, free swing, free swing. yeah, exactly. You you almost won, but uh, I've got some bad news for you, buddy. That's all your good luck used up in week one. So I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah, I think I would too. To be fair, after winning that, um, kind of talking about the pros. I mean, they were in Hawaii again. You know, it looks like a terrible place on earth, doesn't it? Mm, awful. Not. Uh, looks looks like a really lovely, lovely place to play golf. Um, how much of you two? How much of the golf did you two watch? Yeah, I, I watched a fair amount actually. I mean, not not live because of the time difference would have been horrendous. But I caught up on the on the highlights a lot. I mean, I I was gutted because I was convinced that my team was going to be a slow burner because I had Kevin Nart, and I was just convinced he was just going to come through and blow the field away because the first sort of the first day or two he was just kind of like stroking it around fairly nonchalantly to be to be quite honest. Although. For the ugliest swing in the game, seeing Furyk hole out on the, I think that was it was the first day, wasn't he? He 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 ate on yeah. a par three, such an ugly swing, but such a good shot. Um, 
Fury, he's just still, he's still just a really handy player, isn't he? Who was also playing stupidly well. Stuart Singh that was also crushing it. I think it was. He was on a bit of a run last year as well. I think, like in terms yeah. of cuts made, he was like, he was always making cuts. Stuart Singh. Yeah, it's, he, he was a he was a good bet in the DraftKings, particularly early on, because you could get him for pittance mm. because of his age. But in actual fact, he was launching it miles. Mm. Um, I think a big a big shout and a big thing from the week again. You got to feel for Russell Henley. He's let oh. another lead slip. Shot off, he still shot a five under final he round was, uh, whilst being overnight shots. leader and didn't win the tournament. He was five, five shots ahead on walking into the tent. How yep. five shot lead and nine holes left to play. And I don't did he I don't think he did anything I'm trying to think of what his back nine was like. He shot he, he shot he shot a one over back nine. It wasn't he had a disastrous. No, no, not disastrous. Yeah. Not when you've got a five lead. And that's the armor just can you imagine? And I, I do imagine. Can you imagine just seeing him hit those shot, those pin-seeking shots, and just being like, "Oh God, he's actually going. To, he's actually going to catch now." Yeah. But well, this is. It, it, I, I saw a statement. I think it was from. It might have been Brad Faxon on the TV a couple of weeks ago. It was just a really short clip, but they talk about you know what are the important parts of the game: driving, ball striking, putting, and even Brad Faxon, a guy as good a putter as he is, I think it was him. Um, said that, look, putting nowadays is not as big on the PGA Tour as, as kind of what people think. It's out of all of the best ball strikers, who's going to putt the best on that week? It's not necessarily who's the best putter overall on the year. The best putter mm-hmm. is not always going to win the tournaments. It's who is the best ball striker because they're going to put themselves on the green. The best ball strikers are going to give themselves the chances and it's just whoever's putter is hot for the week. And Matsuyama, He's not known to be a great putter. This week, he was draining everything, particularly, mm. uh, we were recording this on Monday, particularly yesterday. He was sensational. Um, Tim, I'm going to come said. to you. Wait, 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 wait. Go That's on, what Chris. they were saying. Because I, I want to back you up here. That's what they, they were saying. Um, oh, my word. His name has literally just gone from my mind. Who was it that crushed it? Aussie that came third last week. Came third? Oh, my God. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones, and they were saying Matt Jones. The reason that they didn't think he would crush it again this week was because, although excellent ball striking last week, he had a a mega week putting, and like he got hot with the putter last week, which is why he was able to capitalize on his ball striking. And they were like, "Do you do that two weeks in a row? Probably not." Um, so that yeah, that that would kind of play into what you're saying there, Ben, for sure. Um, and. Got to give props to Hideki. Um, Tim, I, I'm going I'm to come to you with this. I'll let you take it away. I'm, have you seen the three wood? Of course, I've seen the three wood. But mm. although, um, watching it back, this is the first time I watched it. Um, so if you haven't seen it, just just literally go Google Hideki Masayama. It, it'll just come up as the first thing that comes up on YouTube. Will be his, his winning the winning the playoff. But all you need to concentrate on is the three wood shot. Um, when he hit it, I was convinced he hated it. And that's why he sort of mm. turned his back on it. So for those of you who haven't seen it, event, so essentially, you know, he, he's impacted the ball and almost simultaneously, almost as he's impacted, sort of almost kind of like step back and kind of look backwards. Um, I thought he was really annoyed. Turns out he just couldn't see where the ball had gone because of the sun. And he was basically blinded. Um, just stroked it to what? What would you reckon? About four foot? 
Yeah, like four foot. We're talking a 270-odd yard uh, cut three-wood. Yeah. So naturally, a little bit more backspin on the ball. So probably not going to go as far as if you hit, hit it with a, a little baby draw. And he's sent an absolute bullet, 270 yards to where well, he could have kicked it in. Yeah, um, for eagle. Ridiculous. Yeah. On, just, yeah. Just knowing that, like, to have that pressure being like, okay, put put myself in with a chance here. Put yourself <laughs> in with a chance. Put yourself in with a chance. And then there's just like, can you imagine Henley just seeing that being like, you have got to be fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as well, because Henley put himself in the bunker off the tee. So yeah. essentially had to knob it out. And <laughs> by that point, <laughs> that was all she wrote. You know, he had to hit the best shot of his life to to get it in the hole, to, to give himself a chance to extend the playoff, which, yeah. Oh, you you, you got event. a feel for it. Yeah, very good event. Uh, competitive down to the wire, which was, was solid. Um, switching, anything more to add from the PGA Tour? So I was going to say... I'm actually really excited about this weekend because I think this weekend is with, with the utmost respect to the events that have happened so far. I almost feel like this weekend is like the first big one back in terms of the field that's out. So I believe we're back in the States this time. I think in California, Cal- yeah, it's PGA West. I think this weekend, so that's California, right? I think. Yeah. Haven't we also got, isn't it Dubai this weekend as well? Or, uh, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. So the DP oh, World DP, Tour, yeah. Europe, European Tour. Yeah. But I mean, the field, the field for um, the American Express this weekend. So in terms of who's playing, you've got like Ram, Cantlay, Scheffler, Finau, Anser, Maddie Wolf, Zalatoris, mm. Justin Rose, Ricky. So it's like, it's almost like the first one where it feels like the the field is beginning to kind of ramp back up to the sort of the top, the top dogs really starting to come back into it. Um, So I'm excited for this one. Um, Slightly more amenable uh, broadcast times for us peeps in the UK. Um, So I'll probably watch a fair amount of that one this weekend, I reckon. And, and, And as you said, it's starting to ramp back up and it's, we're now kind of what, seven, eight, nine something like that off the top of my head weeks away from the players so i think you're all going to start seeing the big boys trying to uh to start to start ramping up getting into gear i I love it i'm i'm looking at the schedule and i'm thinking i'm I'm doing the same thing but i'm except i go oh we're only four weeks away from phoenix yeah, yeah. yeah. waste management yeah. ready for we do just be honest is the phoenix just your favorite chris because it's definitely one of it's definitely one of my favourite events. I think it yeah, is your sure. favourite. Because you, I, yeah, I, I just think the energy around it is amazing. I look forward to that event for sure. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Just uh, just going back, one final point. Quite amusing that it's just, I've just remembered it. I don't know whether you two have seen it. I'm not even sure you'd be able to find it on YouTube. But I'm sure someone has put it up on Twitter or Instagram somewhere. But it's always nice or pleasing to see the pros do something we would do. I don't know whether you saw... Russell Knox uh, off the tee. I don't know whether it was, I think no. it was 16 or 17 yesterday. Uh, coming down the stretch, didn't really have a lot to play for. Snap hook straight into the trees. He must have been 100 yards um, from the tee. Um, kind of hit it, but like 100 yards down, down the, the, the <laughs> you know, straight away, straight into the trees. He had to basically play out sideways, Amazing. hit a great next shot, you know, two putt uh, for bogey. But, yeah, um, see, that, that's the yeah. difference, though, isn't it? They, they do an awful shot, which we're all capable of doing. And then we compound the issue by taking a 12 on that yeah. hole. He still walks away with a bogey. That's the difference. 
he was he was very fortunate the ball would, did not go out of bounds. It was just lined by like trees and then it was houses. Uh, it just smashed into a tree. Had it not cannoned, like fully cannoned into the tree, that was gone. Ball was gone yeah. straight into someone's back garden. <laughs> yeah. well, I did have a little giggle to myself like, ah, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> they are mortal. Uh, as Chris alluded to, they are in Abu Dhabi this week, and Tyrrell Hatton uh, defends. Seems like an eternity ago that Tyrrell Hatton was in that that kind of form. Um, so hope he returns to some sort of form this week. Um, absolutely no idea on who's in the field. Didn't look at it, but I know they are back in in Abu Dhabi. I think Morikawa's going um, to doesn't he? I saw travelling with the. Um... Oh no, that was the, the carrot jug, wasn't it? Well, what I've seen him doing. Why do I feel like he, he went across there last year? No, he went across there last year, didn't he? Him and Hovland both yeah. went. Not sure if they're going to see it. This is great no. pod content, by the Sorry. way. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really? thinking out loud. It makes for terrible listening. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> good, good prep. Support for a slice of golf is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 all across europe so join over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscape with the exclusive offer that's 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with code sunday red at manscape.com also they have a tool called the weed whacker it's bloody handy nose hairs ear hairs yeah you've got it let's face it grim we've all stepped into a lift gone in for a close-up and thought ah shit that's hideous. Well, with the Weed Whacker, you haven't got to worry about that ever again. Once more, that's 20% off and free shipping with code SUNDAYRED at manscaped.com. Um, right, staying on the pros, something that has come up in, in the last few days, something we're all massively excited about, something that we actually apparently can read into the future. Like it wasn't that long into the future when we predicted that Netflix should do a show. We all pitched, uh, <laughs> we all pitched our show and three days later, we didn't know it was coming. Uh, they actually announced it, which is pretty bonkers. Um, I still, anyway, I still think ne- they announced it because we they thought that we'd like they had a leak and we've put it out into the world. I still think yeah. we did that. Jay, Jay Monahan and the, and the big wigs at the PGA Tour definitely listened to a slice of golf. Yeah. Hey Jay, sure. I hope you're well, bud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So now it's it's you know we're into the season, so they have actually started filming it and the list of names of players. Have started to come out um, as kind of expected. There's always going to be the odd absentee when you're trying to showcase a game which has 140 players playing for the prize every week. Mm. Um, something I started looking through, and I, I, I wanted to get your take on it from this perspective before we dive into what Bryson said, because he seems to be the only person that's responded to any comments. Uh, from what I could find online, currently nine of the world's top 20. Um, haven't as yet committed or either haven't been offered a place. Mm. Do you think this is going to lose anything because we're not seeing nine of the top 20? Or do you think that now is opening up more opportunity to, to the, the air quotes, lesser players? Um, because as we said, you know, golf's got a hell of a lot of characters in it. Mm. Um, to try and fit every single one would be impossible. Is it a less less of a show? Do you think it's going to miss anything with nine the top 20 not there chris no if anything i think it'll make it a better show uh, and he, they've even got one of the top amateurs that they're following so 
Um, yeah. I think that's really, really good. I think, you know, you watch the first season of F1 Drive to Survive, which is this being modeled on and by the same um, director or whatever. In the first season, they had Team Huss, and that was about it in the first season. Do you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have um, Lewis in the first season. He only came in in season two or three. I know that was an unproven concept and became, like, very popular. But no, I think following the different stories, if you're just following the top 20, you're just going to be the same story each week. Like, yeah, I'm, I've played well. I'm still rich. Great. Thank you. Life's easy. Like, it's obviously not that, but you know what I mean? Whereas if you're following people who are, you know, if you're following someone who's try, really trying to push and make the the playoffs, like that's a different environment that you're in. That's a different world. If you're following someone who's just trying to keep their card like you get to see a very different story to someone who's secured their card on their first event. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's just a very, very different world. So I think if anything, it'll add to that. And look, you've got to have a season two. If season one works, you've got to have a season two. If you've used the top 20, you can't just do the same players year and year and year. So I think it leaves scope for, uh, for more content for the year, for the years to come. No, I like it. I have to admit, already I can see a season two coming. Because of knowing how passionate golf fans are, how tribal golf fans I, are for golf, I this hope, I've got a feeling it's going to go down so well. I hope, not even with golf fans though, right? You know, like we know it will go down well with golf fans. My <laughs> the thing that the thing that F one Drive Survivors done is it's made people like me who didn't really follow or know anything about F one suddenly go, oh my god, F one's awesome. And I think especially in the states, F one's popularity is like blown up as a result i think in big part as a result so i'm going i just really really hope they do such a good job on this that people who are not into golf or are kind of into golf but not like fully watch this and go i'm all in do you know what i mean like i just hope it has that same that same ability to cross into that popular market rather than just golf i think like golf nerds like us I think it will and it's a really, it's a really stupidly obviously the same but it will live and die by exactly what the nature of the content is in it now i would say that the reason i think it will be a success and i certainly think it'll be a success in the states because there's enough of a u.s presence um even if it hasn't got absolutely everyone i think the thing with the the f1 drive to survive particularly for the season just gone is look let's be honest it, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say but Everyone freaking loves seeing massive car crashes in Formula One. I don't care. Fast cars. I, I don't. I don't care if they they say otherwise. People do. So you've always got that kind of weird sort of uh, character dangle that there's that kind of drama of literally cars smashing into each other and lives potentially being on the line. Or if it's the most recent season where uh, yeah. was it Grosjean's car actually like literally exploded into flames. Yeah. So I think. Where they've got to go, the content, it's got to be properly, properly behind the scenes. It's got to be the stuff you would never normally see. It's got to be mm. almost invasive. And we'll get onto this with Bryce in a little bit. Because I think from a European point of view, I think if you'd had, I think if you did have, let's be honest, if you had Rory involved, I think that by itself to a European or a British audience would probably be enough to draw in people fairly organically. Now, I'm not saying they can't do that anyway, but it's what they do with the content and how and the drama they create in it, um, which is why your your house analogy is quite an interesting one. Because if they focus 
And again, this is our idea. So don't steal this Netflix. We said this before, don't steal this idea. We said back in the day, what would actually be really interesting would be to really overly focus on the guys that are not in the top 50 or 100 and those guys trying to make it. If that's the side of it, then that's really interesting. And then if they um, compare that with the guys at the top, that's a really interesting dynamic. But they've got to kind of go, they've got to go all in and it's got to be properly behind the scenes and not kind of overly choreographed and dealt with by the individual's media teams. Um, so I think they've got, probably got to work a bit harder than most shows and most sports to make it really engrossing to the non-fans. But if anyone's going to pull it off, it's the, it's the same team that did try to survive and you'd back this team to do it. But I think going back to Ben's original question, I think if you'd had everyone in the top 20 involved and especially if you'd had the big cat involved, I think that by itself would have drawn in a lot of people. As it is, sure. they've, got to, they've got to work a little bit harder with the content, which I'm sure they will do. And I, and I totally hear you like F1 and adrenaline field sport golf which most people outside of golf think is what's the classic saying it's a bad you know, it's a walk spoiled or whatever and you kind of go yeah, you, you 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 really did that saying justice there yeah. that was decent <laughs> a bad walk spoiled, Na- fucking um, nailed it <laughs> nailed it there but like you've got the adrenaline sport versus golf and i think one thing that they might be i'd be interested to see if like if none of the majors are that exciting like if you've just got one runaway winner in each event you struggle to make that entertaining. What they really need is kind of several of the major, two of the majors going like right down, like a playoff would be ideal for Netflix, right? Like that's what they really need. You just can't plan for that. <laughs> and, it's, and in golf, that's a bit trickier to do. So there's less of those adrenaline filled moments, I'm, I think. I, yeah. I, and this is where I'm, I'm like, I watch enough pro golf to not just want to see the same tournaments that I've already watched rehashed. Yeah. I want to see the big moments. I want to see the, the, the down the stretch and, and, and all the bits that Netflix will do to, to make that, to jazz that up. But what I really want to see is the bits of what they do in their downtime whilst they're at tournaments. Are they staying in houses with other players? What are they doing there? What are they doing when they're at home practicing? Mm. I'd be interested to see how these agreements have been signed up to how much access do we get of each players. Clearly, we're, we're going to come on to Bryson's statement. He's clearly thought it was a little too invasive for for, for his, from his perspective, but that's Bryson DeChambeau. You know, one of the most interesting, whether you like him or, or or hate him, he is one of the most interesting players on tour because he's different. He is out there, um, so naturally, Netflix are going to want more exposure to him than, than than others. So I wonder if his contract looked different to others, and that's why he's pulled back. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they play out and how they tell the story of each player. Um, I've, I've spoken about the, the nine who are missing of the World Tops 20. I'll just list them. Uh, John Rahm, Brighton, Rory, which I was a bit gutted to see Rory not there. Um, this is a reported list. Uh, I don't know whether any more are going to get added on in, in the meantime. Cantley, Cam Smith, Oosthuizen, Sam Burns, Scheffler and Harris English. They're the players that are in the top 20. And then you also have Tiger and Phil not going to be on there. Either are you too surprised? No Tiger and Phil? By Tiger, no. no. I think it's still way too early in his his journey. I think, no. Tiger, the admission of Tiger doesn't surprise me. I think Ram and Rory both recently had kids, haven't they, last year? So that, that actually doesn't surprise me just from, do they want the world coming into that close so soon? Probably. I don't know. No? Yeah, I... I 
not surprised at Tiger not being in Nicholson, the maybe. I mean, why? He, yeah, I don't. Tiger's probably sat there like, I just, I don't need to be doing this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas Phil, you know, Phil loves the spotlight. Uh, so I was a little surprised that he's not going to be there. But, you know, Phil's like only likely to do it if he starts stumping up some real cash because he doesn't need that. And he probably can't be bothered with the invasive. I don't, I don't know if they would have asked him. Who knows? Just to chuck it out there. They, I don't yeah, know maybe if they because I think the focus is, I mean, look, they might change it, but I think the focus is very much on, I hate to be that guy, the current crop, really. And I know it's the silly thing, to, it's kind of a silly thing to say when he won a major last year. Um, but I think they're focusing on the newer guys, the new generation. I think they're probably trying to get in a, a younger generation of people watching it. Mm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't ask him. Yeah. That's yeah, I wouldn't be surprised as well. Right. Um, as I said, Bryson's kind of Bryson's always good for a soundbite. I think whether as I said, you either love him or you hate him, but he's always good for uh comments. He's and he's he's great publicity. Um, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. Um Bryson's come out with a statement. It's a lengthy statement, so I will try and summarise it. Basically, there was a deal the deal that was offered to him um uh, wasn't right for him. He thought it was too invasive for what they were they were asking. He does enough on social media as it is that he feels like he's opening up his life. Uh, and then the final point, which I guess there's a couple of points that we can break down in there, but the final point that he said, which I thought was really interesting. Um, there's a lot of great people on there. If I was to go on there, yeah, it would be cool to see, but I feel that there's a lot more interesting stories. I would kind of disagree with that statement because I'm fascinated by Bryson. I can't make out whether I like him, love him, don't like him, hate him. I can't, I, I appreciate what he's doing for the game and he's trying to push the boundaries and something different. Um, then he goes on to say that you've got Harry Higgs and you've got numerous others. I don't want to take the light away from them potentially basically growing their brand. Um, right. I don't know where to begin with that, but Chris, I know we've we've kind of briefly spoken about it in the group chat. How do you feel about Brighton's stance? I each player is to make their own decision on who and what they let into their world. I think I have no issue with with that. I think it's probably quite a smart move, smart move from Bryson. He he does, as far as golfers go, he puts out a lot of content and he puts already puts out a lot of behind the scenes. He puts out a lot of training. You know, like does does he need more spotlight on that? He spoke last year, didn't he, about maybe it was very late last year about his mental health around the the issues with him and Brooks and the spotlight and having that like it might just be that he felt that was quite impacted him negatively and he doesn't want to have that happen again like and that I'm I'm totally okay with that like that's that's fine I think that's totally okay if he doesn't feel like his world is that interesting I'm not I'm not sure I agree with you Ben I would love an insight into the world of Bryson I think that would be fascinating Mm. But ultimately, he's got to make the, what he feels is the right decision for him. And if he feels having cameras around him might impact him negatively, then then don't do it. Especially if the upside I'm is not like it's if the upside is not so much that it makes the gamble worth it for someone who is a ranked hundred and twentieth, hundred and thirtieth. The upside of having Netflix following you around is probably like quite high compared to what the potential downside is. If that makes sense. Hmm. I wonder if the the last few months of the whole Brooksy Bryson 
chanting thing and the, the way they alluded to the to the mental health sort of thing. I wonder if that has played the ultimate role in him saying no for this. I don't, because I don't think so. Quantum. I think I actually thought it was a really really good answer, and it showed a lot of intelligence from. He's clearly a switched on guy. What what I took took from it is actually he's very smart in that he's already going into the he's already producing content himself. Um, he's a he's he's got his own channel on YouTube. He's regularly chucking out content. He knows. I think he knows how to work the media, um, and I think he's right. He doesn't. He probably doesn't need the kind of an extra bit of invasiveness going on with his life at that time. Um, I think he's probably, I get the sense he's probably already got a media team around him a lot of the time, um, filming what he's doing in the gym, his speed training, what he's doing in and around the course. I mean, he's, he's not, he's not short of doing almost vlogs of his day-to-day life anyway. And obviously when it's him producing it or, or the media team he's working with, He's controlling that narrative, um, so I I think it's it, it demonstrates someone who gets who gets the media side of what's going on mm-hmm. quite a lot. Admittedly, I'd like I would have loved it if he, he if his last line in his statement possibly showed a little bit more respect. Um, I think when you, when you're saying about people that we got people who are ranked lower down and may not have had the limelight as much as him when he's outwardly saying um, they're already f- pretty far behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, let's be clear. He's not wrong. He's just not wrong. It. You don't need to say it. Uh, don't say it like that. Or yeah. maybe just get your media team just to, just to check something before you put it out. Yeah. Um, but he's not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. They are far behind him on like media exposure. So I, I actually, I thought his his response was fairly. I, I thought it was pretty good and fairly intelligent up until the last line where he got silly. Also, if it goes the second season, he'll probably he may end up getting an invite to the second season when they go real full beans and chuck chuck some more cash into it. So I th- I think it's I think it's fairly smart. Yeah, I do think it's a smart sound uh move on his part i do wonder if it would if he would potentially be the the one to benefit the greatest from it all from a a public uh impression and feeling towards him um because you know there was a lot of negative stuff in this his past year uh, a lot of stuff that which we just just flat out don't agree with but he's clearly not the most well he doesn't appear to be the most popular and i wonder if it's just because we don't actually see enough of the real person we see enough of like this the character the charade of who bryson is and who he wants to be perceived as in the media i wonder if it would break down those walls and, and give people an idea of like no this is he's actually a, a sound bloke <laughs> he may not be he made it made it damage his reputation even more but it, it would just be interested to see it and i think that's one thing for me that i'm a bit gutted about because i all i feel like i see is this stuff it's the show not curated, yeah. but it's yeah, it's always a little bit for show. Um, and also, you know, I'm a bit gutted just because he's doing stuff that's different. Mm. He's doing stuff that's way different from the norm, and I, th- I think that, that would be great television. 
that you know let's that is being real nitpicky because this thing is i've got a feeling it's been bloody amazing and i'm gonna watch every single minute of it probably more yeah. than once just like i did with my michael jordan's last dance yeah. uh, let's be let's be fair um i'm yeah i kind of already want the series to start did you two have any idea when it's due for release no i'm afraid I'm, no. no i don't I, I mean, like i would no. imagine with the because I was late to F one Drive to Survive, I, d- I don't know how it worked. Did they release? Did they release all the episodes after the season was finished? Yeah, yeah. It goes season by season. They did it afterwards. Fine, so we can safely assume that it that. won't be till October at the earliest. Yeah, it's going to be one hell of an end of season review, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, block 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 off the calendar yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing anything for yeah. like three weekends. Yeah, because I assume it will, it will obviously finish with the playoffs. So, yeah, it, like minimum October, maybe maybe even 2023. I just need to book a long flight somewhere. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For like 12 hours. Yeah. Why are you flying to Australia and back in one day? Well, I just got to gotta watch the golf. But, uh, of the, of the, the, the release of... of the names this week anything more to to kind of unpack from the, the netflix series um, not for me i'm just super excited i was actually thinking about who who in that list would i would i be most interested in the content around and i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of saying i i'm more i'm more interested in like the max homers and like cam champs yeah. it's that kind of level that i'm really interested in the guys who mm. are fighting to get to the top um I'll be completely honest. I'm not overly fussed really about watching episodes of like Brooks and DJ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I, I mean, Higgs will, I, Higgs will be incredible. I, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you, Tim. I think the, but I think it would differ, right? We're, we're golf fans. So I think we're excited to see those players that we possibly haven't seen yeah. before. Whereas I think if you're new to golf, you're probably excited by the top 20 players like Ben was saying. Um, and I just think it's what, what an epic season it's going to be for Netflix to see our main man, Victor Hovland take number one by the end of the year. So, I mean, it's basically going to be my favorite TV show ever. If that happens. Yeah. God, you won't shut up. About it. <laughs> Dread to think what will happen if that's, uh, if that's the case. Yeah. I was just running back through the list just then there's, there are quite a few, they, they've got some, I don't without disrespect I'm calling them lesser players but the guys that aren't like competing every week sort of thing which may have a good week and, and are up there but not necessarily every week but they've got the characters in there like Joel Damon like Harry Higgs like Max Homer the guys that are going to be you know big characters that are going to be value for money as much as Tim is not his biggest fan Bubba Watson he's uh, <laughs> he's he's quite a character so it'll be interesting to see how he, he factors in um, yeah We've well, got a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, eager anticipated uh, waiting time between now and whenever it comes out. I hope they release it across the course of the season. I can't see it, but um, because they're going to have to pack in a lot. Hopefully, they do like twenty episodes. But again, can't see it. I could quite easily do it. The amount of players they've got committed. Anyway, we'll go on all night. Um, right, something that came up during the week. Chris just decided to drop a bombshell and then just buggered off. Yeah. Didn't say anything more. It was like, right, oh, I've got I can't believe I haven't thought of this sooner. And me and Tim were like, all right, go it's on. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. Innovation. I can't how have I not thought about this? 
oh, but let's talk about it next week. I was like, for fuck's sake, seriously? So, Christopher, over to you, my friend. Yeah, I'm already very aware that we're probably over an hour already on this show, and this has the potential to be like a whole a whole thing on its own so if we start diving into this and you guys start thinking chris we have to pause this please just like shout and say pause we'll do it another time <laughs> this i was i i came across this and it's come i've been here before i'm going to preface this and if you two know about this i'm sure lots of people listening already know about this but this is new to me <laughs> i'm completely uneducated in this space anyway which i think is what has made it even more exciting um I think golf has, within the last two, three weeks, taken a big turn and shown quite a lot of potential and excitement. And I know people are going to literally roll their eyes at me when I say this. What do you two know about crypto? Oh, God. I mean, I listen to my flatmates talk about it, and it, it makes me want to blow my brains out. But um, <laughs> that's... So my, that's about the extent of it. my knowledge on the crypto space, I would say, was weak at best. However, the whole NFTs thing situation right now, like I should probably preface all of this with this is 100% not investment advice. Please do not do anything off the back <laughs> of anything I talk about right now. However, NFTs, most people think NFTs are pictures of apes and 8-bit cartoons that people are spending hundreds if not millions of dollars on and they are um and i totally understand that causes a lot of confusion in let's call it the real world the non-web point three three world however honestly i know this is a tangent but i saw a piece that went for 50 million the other day and it was an utter piece of shite honestly <laughs> i saw it and was like who what why so I, th- so I think part of the issue sorry no, 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 i think but, but it's important right i think this is the conversation that we should be having because educating ourselves on this world is is important especially now that people seem to be doing some golf stuff in here so two two projects have come to mind uh links dao if you took google links l-i-n-k-s d-a-o.com and oh, no, sorry dot io uh, you'll see a the first truly what I would call digital golf club. Uh, I'm a bit upset Sunday Red didn't I, I didn't have this idea first. I, I don't have the knowledge of this space. They sold, get this, so this is the digital golf club. So you buy your quote-unquote membership to this golf club um, through buying an NFT, which is things. It basically means, let's say I buy a, a membership. It costs me a grand. I'm just going to use that as an example. And the value of that could increase, it could decrease, right? So if the if the club does really, really well, the and someone and Ben, you say, actually, Chris, I want to buy your membership off of you. I might buy it for a grand. You might be willing in three years to buy it off me for four grand, right? Because it's gone so much bigger, it's worth so much more money, whatever. It could also go to zero, and I could just be a grand down. Like that's the the factor of the matter of it is. However, this guy, a guy called Mike Dudas, he he's the owner of links dao which decentralized autonomous organization here you go i'm well above my pay grade already um they put out nine thousand memberships they put out and they sold six thousand three hundred and sixty three at again i'm going well above my knowledge here 0.18 eth eth is a uh, cryptocurrency 
which equates to $674 at time of sale. They sold 2,727 global memberships at 0.72 ETH, so $2,700. They, I think it was 24 hours, $11 million, or raised, I should say. eleven million. So I was like, what's the demand for this? Surely not that many people. Yep, $11 million. So their plan, and by the way, Stephen Curry, the basketballer who's huge into golf, He's invested, bought several membership. I think bought one leisure and one global membership for himself. There is no actual physical golf. They don't own a location yet, although that is the next thing on their list of things yeah. to do. So I think what the sound of it is, the $11 million is the first part of a the business venture, if you like. They're then going to go raise more money and basically buy a golf club. Like that's they're going to buy an actual course. And I don't know what, I don't, I don't actually know what their, their plans are with it, but that, I know that is their next step. Um, so I was like, okay, is this, so basically it's kind of like a crowdfund. Yes. Yes. But the, you are, you are invested, like you own a, like you are an investor. I would say with crowdfunding, you're not necessarily, you don't get money back if it does well. Right. Okay. So like a shareholding crowdfund. Sure. I don't, yeah, sure. I'm going to say yes. Um, right obviously there's a high level of risk involved like and and lots of the discussion is around couldn't this just do just run off with 11 million because i think that has happened in previous projects <laughs> not in the golf space but i think people have literally like bought 11 million dollars worth of apes and then the dudes just run off with 11 million dollars and just be like happy days see you later that's theft and that's not okay but what they've done is they've put lots of security things in so you know there's not just one person in charge of this thing that says just take out all the money see you later there's several people that have to go through etc anyway not important so but i was like wow is this like is this totally unique and like is this the first thing ever no turns out have you heard of melbourne golf melbourne golf the the kind of the um clothing brand yeah yeah uh, wait so that again the what brand clothing, clothing brand yeah yeah, yeah. Melbourne, so they they're doing some really cool stuff um clothing and design wise over in the states actually i really like their brand. It's really smart if you haven't seen them before go check out melbourne m-a-l-b-o-n golf um they've just done the same thing they released their uh, virtual golf club buckets club is what they call it and they sold a thousand memberships at a grand each and i was like okay so they've made a million plus through this thing again no don't own a golf club basically with theirs it gets you access to their events so you can only go to their events if you are a holder of one of their memberships so they've sold a thousand they intend to release more but theoretically if their events start becoming incredible and tim doesn't own a membership but me and ben do tim you could essentially say to me chris i'll buy that off i want to be a part of that community i'll buy your membership off of you for x and i guess the principle is the community as a whole because you're all invested you all want the thing to do better so you all promote it you all try and build it you all try and grow i don't know grow together um my question for you guys is, I was going to say it's quite simple. It's a short question. Is this good for golf? Does this bring more opportunities to golf that might not have been around before? What's your initial thoughts on it? Is it just batshit crazy and we should all stay away from it? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to jump straight in just because I'm in the fitness industry and I can bash them all I like because CrossFitters are an absolute pain in the ass. And they are just like, it sounds like from what I've experienced of this sort of space, it's the same sort of thing. It becomes really tribal and it polarizes people. You have loads of people who just really switched off to it and are like, this is fucking irritating. And then you've got the other side of things which people get become so obsessively into it. I've seen it happen. I've experienced it with 
people that I work around and, and that I've seen. It's kind of the beauty of living in London. You see a lot of this sort of stuff and it really does divide opinion. I don't I don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it's going to do anything for the game. I just think it's it's just paying a bunch of money to be part of a club which just so happens to like golf. Whether it I don't see it impacting the game at all. It's just people who have got money who think that they want they are buying into something. Now I don't mean to say that as an insult to anyone. I just personally think it's a crock of shite. <laughs> fair. fair. Okay. Interesting. And it's interesting that you've used the CrossFit analogy there. Okay, fine. I like that. Timbo, what are your initial thoughts? My first thoughts are I'm not convinced. Sure. And mainly because it's a bit of a faceless organization. And look, and look, these guys may be completely legit in their their interests and their ambitions, but I think using let's use this one as, a, as, a, as an example. So I'm going to try and explain it in very, very layman's terms. So you sign up to this membership on the, on the premise that this organization, which you don't know anything about, and there's no real record of them, and it's all anonymous, are going to buy a golf club, and they're going to turn it into the best golf club run by members with all the advice in the world. Um, potentially. Potentially, potentially <laughs> yeah, no big question mark. No guarantee. And even if, even if they do everything they say they're going to do and they're going to buy this golf club, if you're, if you've bought into this and you're in, I, I, I don't know, Florida, and they buy the course in New York, uh, Seattle, sure, bit fucked. Yeah. And also, you've just paid a, a grand to buy into this membership. Well, the club is very quickly going to run out of money. So that one grand is not going to stretch very no, no, far. The gr- no, no, no. Because then they're not going to be able to pay green fee, uh, green keepers. No, no, wait. Pause, 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 pause. So, because um, that's a really good point, Ben, and I need to make sure that I'm clear on this. You, what this is, from my understanding of it, this is essentially like a, an angel investment, right? You are essentially saying, I'm backing this business. You're not actually buying the... I don't think it covers the actual membership to go and play golf every week at your home club. You're backing the business. I think this is my understanding of it Um, in terms of the first one. Anyway, I'm not sure about Melbourne golf as Melbourne golf one definitely gives you access to events. Um, But the first one it's you're, you're investing in the, the business of it. I think you would then, they would still then sell memberships, golf memberships, et cetera, to cover all the standard costs. I just think if you are a, quote unquote investor in it you would get more benefits or whatever it's definitely not supposed to be it's not an 11 because you imagine they've got 11 million quid right 11 time you bought the golf club and done the work to it or whatever you want to do you're out of money so yeah i don't think that that's the end point if that makes sense hmm. it's it feels murky it's definitely murky um, there's just, no doubt about that it just I've, I've spent so much time around people that talk about it all the time and they're, they're so convinced that it is the future and don't get me wrong, it, it could well be. It just, I'm just I, I struggle to understand it. I listen to it a lot. I've read about it a little bit and I still struggle to understand it because I'm like, yeah, but you're not, I don't know, what are you actually 
buying like how how how's it worth anything like I, it's all just down to perception how does how, the bubble how could, does that differ to because i get I, the bubble could burst and it, it it just it just everything all of a sudden just be worth zero yeah but i get and now i get i i get that like a picasso painting that was was worth 150 million all of a sudden the world could decide that it's worth no nothing. no i so i'm looking at this but, differently so i think so I think, and I'm, by the way, I'm not for or against this. I just do not have enough knowledge. And it's quite interesting hearing you guys talk about this because I just do not have the knowledge to to really formulate an opinion. I, I totally get the whole, a picture of an ape smoking weed is probably not going to be, or shouldn't be as worth as much as a Picasso. But as you said, it's the public who makes what, you know, decides what that's worth. This, I, this I'm looking at differently because this these two entities that I've described there I'm looking at as businesses, right? So I'm saying, sure, they're buying a, a quote unquote an NFT, which is essentially a piece of art, but it gives you access to this or gives you you're investing in this business. So how does that differ? And I don't know the answer. Does it differ to angel I'm, investing? So if if, a, if an entrepreneur I mean, came to you, Ben, and was like, I've got this cool business idea, would you like to invest in it? Is it any different? Because yes, your investment could 100% still go to zero. But you'd still have proof of uh, product. Yeah. You'd have proof of of plan of product. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on the companies for doing this. If you can get money and serious money from people with a potential plan in the pipe, oh, no proof of product, no proof of service. If people are really that bonkers to pay you <laughs> north of a thousand pounds for something that, well, you could just be literally handing over money you, you know it could come to nothing absolutely yep. nothing there's as you as the company could take in 10 million quid or whatever it is or a million quid and not really have to promise anything just the potential for something to come up all you've got is just a membership i mean fair play what a great way to crowdfund but i okay, so that, you won't be i, I won't be going near no it's okay so that wait tim before i ask the next question do you, you want anything to that I'm just going to say I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. Fine. Because all I'd have in my okay. head is fire festival. Fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. yeah. Really good analogy. Like that. Okay. So, que- so question. I want to take this further. If it wasn't crypto, if it was. And you know Melbourne, Melbourne Golf is a links links D D A O whatever they're called have literally appeared out of nowhere from what I can see. Like appeared two weeks later, they've made a million dollars. Unbelievable. Melbourne Golf are a uh, a business that's been around for a while. They've they've got you know partnerships with all the big brands, Nike, TaylorMade, etc. Whatever. If they didn't do this on crypto, have they, or have they done it on crypto just because that's happened? If they didn't do it on crypto and it was just like okay just invest and they literally just said invest 500 quid each and this gets you this this and this does that become more what's the word like would you be more excited about something like that or is it is it just no different or is it just because it's on crypto that people are getting a buzz around it yeah i think it's because it is crypto people are getting buzz, a buzz right. around it i think it's just because it's new it is a trend um it may you know it may be a trend that that's here to stay you know some trends do stick for a lifetime it may be where the future is headed but i think as of right now it is a trend and people are going oh yeah that's cool that's new i'm gonna have that um, and, and the reason it excited me and again i have not done enough research but the reason it excited me was not because it was not because it, it's 
um, because of what they're doing. So I don't think built like all joking aside, not as not as fancy. Sunday Red is virtual golf club already, right? We're a community of people all around the UK. It's quite incredible. <laughs> you've you've got the model wrong, mate. You should have charged like five it's grand. Not, I'm like, I should have made eleven million quid somehow. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone would like to just donate me a thousand quid, that'd be great. Um, but I think what got me excited was I haven't seen this done previous. Like I haven't seen like why hasn't someone just hey everyone let's raise eleven million quid between ten thousand of us and let's go buy a golf club and let's build the most. Why hasn't that happened before? I just don't think that is even humanly possible outside of the realm of cryptocurrency because I think people are bonkers for it to the point that they would just buy it on the premise that there may be a golf course someday, even if it's on the other side of the world. Uh, if, you, if you were to try and crowdfund that, I think you'd probably get a few grand and that would be about it because most people would realize, well, what am I putting this money in for? I'm never going to go and play there. I, I Yeah, I just don't. I think. So, if what, you were to... so what I hear you say, Ben, is... We've got zero chance of the listeners of a slice of golf saying to us, guys, go buy yourselves a golf club and go create like the be- go create your dream golf club that you planned a year ago on the podcast. You just don't think that will happen. I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think Lynx DOA is going to happen. I well, as just... in you don't think they'll actually be able to buy a course? No. Why not? They've got 11 no. million quid. Like there's loads. By the way, Tim, I messaged you earlier because I, I asking about Tim's brand new favorite course. Oh, um, this is what was, you asked. Okay. That, that, that course was sold recently for, I think 1.5 million. I think it was. When was it sold? I, I don't, he doesn't give me the exact dates. I can just scroll back through this company's um, list of places that they've sold. Oh, and that it, was, as in it's uh, not been sold recently and it's going to change. And No, as in, well, as in it's been bought by new owners within, I would say the last three years, by the sounds of it interesting um and Uh, if you google it there's actually quite a lot of golf courses available for sale so and so i don't think the actual purchase of buying a golf club would be that i'm talking millions here people i'm not talking me ben and tim could just pop down to our local club and offer them a couple of hundred quid and be like yeah we'll have your golf club thank you but i don't think the difficulty in buying the golf club will be an issue like from a financial point of view i running it totally different measure sure i don't think a crypto will do it um, for a lot of for reasons I, I'm just not going to get into now. I think if a personality tried to do it, if random golf club tried to do it, I think they've got a chance. See, I, they're exactly the type of people that I imagine could do this on crypto. Like it just wouldn't surprise think, me. I don't think they would do it on crypto somehow. Right. Because it just wouldn't surprise me if EAL just came out and was like, yeah, we've launched our own NFT project and this is what it's going to get you. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. He's he's a very forward-thinking individual, but he's also quite... I totally, It wouldn't also surprise me if he did it without crypto. Do you know what I think he would do it without. I think there's a bit of a... I think there's a bit of a... A mist, a fog around crypto, which is going to prohibit <laughs> it from happening. Namely that, as we say... There have been some horror stories around crypto and really people's money and people's money disappearing into black holes. I think if you've got a I, if you've got a figurehead and you've got traction as a golf, let's say a golf company or a company that has built itself from the ground from the ground up has spent years kind of building and marketing marketing itself very well, 
I think that's got a lot more traction and that's got a lot more potential. Random golf clubs. And, and if EAL, actually the kind of person if EAL turned around and said, we're going to buy a golf club, do you want to be a part of that? Well, well, I'd be hard pressed to say no. Well, the interesting with that is that Random Golf Club is 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 now more than just EAL. Sure. Which is why I'm very careful about saying it, it'd be Random Golf Club that does this, not EAL does this. Yeah. I, I just, I think if you were to look at it and, and they were to have two routes of, of crowdfunding, if you were to go down cryptocurrency and NFT route or cold hard cash, um, Great British pounds, US dollars. I think the perception of what value, well, the value of what a crypto is, is so skewed that you would raise so much more cash if you did it through crypto. Right. I mean, look at the links DAO. Well, that's, how much did you say they raised? 10, 11 10 million. million. 11 million. 11 million. I think they wouldn't have raised half that if they were asking people to put dollars in. Uh, and I don't disagree Just with that. I think the perception and understanding of how much crypto is because it's a virtual thing. You, we don't really have a long-standing perception of a value of it because you can't go into a shop and exchange it for a swag golf head cover or a new set of shoes or a new set yeah. of clubs yet. I think it's, I don't know, it is seen as like a virtual thing and it's not real money in air quotes for lack of a better term. Whereas I think I people just wouldn't part with dollars or pounds in this, in, in such uh, rec- I don't want to say reckless, um, but yeah, I I can't think of a better word. But re- no, I th- reckless, I, like I yeah, think, have it. I don't think you're probably there. You, you you're far off there. Like there will be a lot of people that have not used cryptocurrency before that have not been in that world who have bought it through the idea, right? Who have bought into the behind it and have got excited about an idea that happens every day with all kinds of regular currency, cryptocurrency, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, just to, I just want to bring this full circle. I think I I got excited because I was like, why ha- like why hasn't this happened before in a non crypto space? This is exciting because I've not seen the golfing public get behind stuff like this. No, wait, that's wrong. Us golf, we're we're all addicts in golf, right? We all spend a lot of money on this game, and we're all hooked on this game. I think I just hadn't seen a movement quite as quick, quite as big as this in creating what is a virtual golf club, what is a digital golf club. And I just thought if that's happening now, which is, and I would say very, 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 very early on in this space, what's, you know, if it does work, is there potential to see loads more of these and loads more, like obviously if shit hits the fan, these all go go, fine. We never see it again. But for me, there's always got to be that one business that breaks the, breaks the surface first and kind of goes for it if it works like for me i'm like wow this this is open open a lot of potential avenues for things in the future i don't know i'm just it was so people buy into a golf a golf club people, like for me i buy into something for the history the story the the prestige the really though community well i think it random golf club you buy into it because of the story the stories that eric anders lang tells and you enjoy that and that would then tempt me into buying something. A company which arrived on the scene last week, would I want to put a grand into? No, sure, sorry. Potential for something coming in the future. No, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't want to sign up to a brand new golf club um, that, was, that had a site. I'd be like, okay, well, you know, you've got to go and play it. You've got to go and feel it. Like, sorry, knowing... no, yeah. no, 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 I, mi- I misunderstood. When you said history, I thought you meant like you wanted to know that 
a you know a Harry Varden played there or whatever. Like, because for me, I just don't think that's important anymore. That level of history, but I totally yes, a, a business proven history of actually being a business would definitely be more attractive. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. I lo- I love how much. Tim's rolling his eyes throughout this whole conversation. I can just see him painfully <laughs> holding back. I'm not. I could. I could. I could just launch. Two. He's very. Tim's very good at this. He's very holding off. Look, ultimately, okay. I'm going I'm to tell you exactly where I am. I'm going to try and summarize it really quickly because I appreciate we're at one hour twenty-two on this podcast already. Um, is it completely inevitable that this will happen? No, it's not. This could absolutely happen um do i want it to happen i'm not so sure i think if it's if it's going to happen i would i would want it to potentially not be crypto and be done in the hands of a an organization with everything that basically you can look at you can look at the, the 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 company history the profile the people that built it where the money's coming in from all that kind of stuff that's where i'd like to see it come from um the other thing I'm thinking of is, let's say they buy a golf club. That golf club will, whatever they do to it, it will be, oh, that's the club that the crypto one bought. So it's always going to have a bit of a kind of weird See, it's interesting. Block. It's yeah. interesting. You say that in a bad way. I would say that yeah. in a good way. Yeah, 100% I say that in a bad way. Why? Because I'm, because I'm with Fowlis on this one. I think the the real, the destination golf clubs that you want to play are because they are um historic institutions and you play for all the traditions and i think once you open up to a crowdfunded organization who promised to make it the golf club of your dreams yours by the way being your thousands of people who've bought into it sure it's going to be a golf club ruled by a committee of a thousand people and that's mental like, uh, which is mental yeah and it's like that other famous saying which i'm not which i'm not going to do because krishi were already basically bottled <laughs> one famous saying already this evening but it's basically like you know it's like, it's like when you say that a, a, a camel is a, a horse designed by a committee right sure do you see where i'm going with this yeah, uh, it's, yeah, gonna yeah. Be, it's gonna be something to everybody and everything to nobody in terms yeah, of i, I don't disagree with that a, a, a committee um, of three people annoys me a committee of a seven thousand would be an utter shit show i don't disagree with that at all and the final thing I'm going to say on it is even even if it does work, the one time, and let's say one crypto fund gets this off the ground or whatever, you are going to spawn so many wannabes and so many things that fail off the back of it that oh, it's just a bit of a Pandora's box. Basically, I'm not, I'm not up for it. I'm not up for it. Can it? I'm, I'm... I like it. That was that was a that was a, a very like uh, dragon's den. I'm out. I'm out. I just needed, I'm and I'm out. Fuck it. I'm You're out. Fired. Fuck it out. Get out. Um, <laughs> Get out of my sight. Just all all the business reality TV shows. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I'm 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 actually really pleased that I brought that up. I'm, that was a good conversation around my complete lack of knowledge around crypto. I'm still yet. By the way, do either of you? I'm guessing. Out of, I'm guessing. Say that again, Tim. It's an out of bounds from me. It's an out of bounds. Um, I'm guessing by this conversation, neither of you own any crypto then, because I definitely do not. I do my best to firmly avoid anyone who wants to talk about it. Really? I, yeah. I, 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 the whole it's... thing intrigues me. Like, I want to learn more about it. I need to. I need to dive into some 
knowledge or anyway. I feel like I I should learn about it, but honestly, it's yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not riveting chat, and it's all they want to talk about. And honestly. <laughs> And these, these aren't by any chance yeah. the people that came with you to play golf that one time who are beginners and you've never played with them oh, since. Oh, God. <laughs> Adding to the no list comment. of people Ben don't want to spend time with. This um, is the kind of, it's the kind of chat where you might talk about it on the tee as you're teeing off to go and play the hole and then by the time you've got to the green, it's like it, there's like an undercurrent of, yeah, we're just not going to talk about that one again. Yeah. <laughs> interesting okay fine i love how against that you two are this is quite incredible um listeners i want to know your thoughts and i want to hear your thoughts and see what you're thinking about it for sure <laughs> right that was absolutely nowhere near what i was oh. thinking when uh, <laughs> when you when you when you teed that up in the group chat Honestly, I could have had a hundred guesses and I wouldn't have come close I just, to that. I genuinely hadn't seen anything of anything even about this. Again, I'm not in this world. And then all of a sudden, within a week, you've seen two companies raise a shed load of cash. And I was like, what on earth is going on? Have, have you Obviously, I know you, you, you struck up the, the kind of topic and conversation. Have you done much further research into it to see if there are 10 further spawn companies of this year? Or are they really like the the, the two that are leading the, these two happened this like within the last three weeks right and i'm sure and i'm sure that they are not the only companies that are, that are trying this i'm sure that and i'm sure there will be loads more i i do expect to see loads more of these um i do not i just do not have the understanding or knowledge of this world to be able to be able to to even comprehend no, what's, what's happening can we like now add like business and finance to our tags on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we, we now like a business it's golf related. It was golf related. It was just. I mean, I got. Uh, I've, I've just thrown this out there. I got slaughtered for spending 140 quid on a putt of head cover. These guys are spending their grand on nothing. nothing. Yeah, I... Potentially a golf course in years. Yeah. I'm still weirdly excited about it. Just to throw that out yeah, there. So basically, Chris is going to go and set up his own podcast to talk about this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do not have. Do not. Chris, do not have Chris is. Chris is going to. Chris is going to start investing in crypto, and then all Chris is going to do is start talking about crypto twenty four seven. Okay. And I'll, I'll make a promise. All of a sudden, Ben Ben Fowler and Tim Williams start their own podcast <laughs> to a slice of gold. One under par. I will not talk about crypto anymore. That is the end send of my crypto you. chat. Listeners, send in CVs because we're looking for a replacement. <laughs> Fair. Sorry. Oh, right. Bye, Chris. And uh, anything to anything to add, lads? Thank you, uh, guys, ever so much for listening. Uh, again, I know I kind of said it at the start, but if you are on Spotify and you did love Chris's, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to say if you did love Chris's crypt- crypto chat. If you love the rest of the chat tonight, do please leave us uh, an excellent review and we will see you next week. Today has been brought to you by Sunday Red Golf and Manscaped. If you want to come join in the chat with other like-minded golfers, then come and join our golf club. It's free. It won't cost you a thousand pounds. Then head over to sundayredgolf.co.uk. This show has also been made possible by Manscaped. They are the champions when it comes to below the waist grooming, and you can get twenty percent off 
Yes, that's 20% off and free shipping. Just head over to manscaped.com and use the code SUNDAYRED 